0: Welcome to Movie Geeks United. The Blue Report returns to review the Blu-ray releases during the month of November, just in time for Christmas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, we're a little delayed. I had a death in the family. Some of you who are faithful friends on Facebook and all the social media stuff, I uh, appreciate your love that you've sent my way. And that's uh, that's one of the reasons why we're a little behind here. Uh, just you know, It's part of it's my own, on my end of the fence. And uh so anyway but we're we're back. We're back with our uh November Blu-ray lineup. So uh lots of titles to talk about. Um, some, some pretty good ones I think. Let's talk about them. What do we got? Let's do it. Well, we'll start with uh The Guns of Navarone finally made its 4K debut. The uh the classic uh you know action film with uh, Gregory Peck and David Niven, Anthony Quinn from 1961, and uh, that's – I think that was part of a a Columbia Classics box set last year that's gone out of print that's worth a lot of money from what I'm being told. Mm. But uh, it's gotten an individual release, The Guns of Navarone, and I didn't get a review copy of it, so I'm not really – can't really tell you about what all the bells and whistles are on it. But I think there's a lot of carryover material from the previous – uh, iterations of it on uh, blu-ray rather so uh, you know anyway uh, pig the uh, nicholas <laughs> cage film that's been getting a lot of uh, critical love now i missed this i don't know if you got around to it or not but that's the Lionsgate has issued that on blu-ray and uh if you have seen it uh, i'd be curious to hear your thoughts
0: i haven't you seen have... it yet i mean it's right there on hulu i see it every day as i like uh-huh. scroll through but uh, i haven't given it a look yet I understand that it's 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 above par, Nick Cage.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's uh that's what I'm hearing as well. So uh, I would be I would be very interested to the to Nick Cage know. The,
0: the Nick Cage that I am interested in is the next one. What is that? I don't know the title of it. Something like a a Waste of Extraordinary Talent or something like that, where he yeah, play, right, right. where he plays himself recreating characters from his past or so i don't know it's a kind of it's a very meta sounding movie
1: Mm Mhm. yeah i've uh yeah i've heard a little buzz about that could be interesting uh yeah well a couple of a couple of disney titles here Uh, i think we've talked about the disney movie club before they have these exclusive titles where it's kind of like the columbia record club that they used to have years ago and you, know, you buy a one, uh, buy three for a, a dollar or a penny or whatever it is, and then you have to buy so many at regular price over the course of three or four years. And they have a uh, Disney has their own version of that, the Disney Movie Club, and they re- release some exclusive stuff there uh, to their Disney Movie Club. And two of the titles are Melody Time from 1948, the animated film, and uh, Make My Music from 1946. So those are two new titles that are exclusive to the The Disney uh, Movie Club, and Hacksaw Ridge made the jump to 4K. Uh, The uh, Mel Gibson-directed Oscar nominee, I think from 2016, that got uh, finally finally made the leap to Ultra HD. And uh, in our last episode, I talked to the head of restoration over at Paramount, uh, and specifically tying into this title, The Sheik. The Silent film from 1921. It's 100 years old. Hard to believe, but um, anyway, they've done a restoration on that. Uh, this film only runs an hour and six minutes. Believe it or not, it's uh, <laughs> they, uh, the 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 running times on a lot of these early silent films are pretty pretty short. But uh, anyway, it's been restored in so much as they could restore it. You know, a lot of the uh, original negatives and all that stuff have been lost to the Sands of Time and the Sheik is uh, they've done the best they could with it and it, it looks fairly well, uh, and, you know as as well as they could have and um anyway it has the uh, uh an original music score composed by Roger Bellon uh, in uh, 5.1 so you get the uh, Dolby audio while you're watching the uh, the Sheik and you get a featurette the Desert Heat uh, 100 Years with the Sheik and I guess this was the film that made Rudy Valentino uh. Matinee Idol, or I, I wonder if
0: people called him Rudy, for short.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question.
0: Seems uh, like such an informal kind of name for the biggest movie star at the time, like the sexy. I know,
1: right? Hey, Rudy. True. <laughs> yeah, did you, uh, just curious if you ever saw the uh, the biopic by Ken Russell of Valentino. I didn't
0: see that one. I know, mm-hmm. I mean, he made a career out of biopics for a long he time. He sure
1: did, yeah. he did. I remember the
0: one that I saw. Did I see Mahler? I think I saw Mahler. Mm-hmm. Which I liked
1: actually, oh yeah, i uh, the one I would vouch for would be um, I guess that's the one about Tchaikovsky, the one with Richard Chamberlain, the music lovers, I think mm-hmm. and uh, boy, I love that one that was that blew me away. did um, he make one I, on Chopin or I, I hmm, seems like he did I know he did Sa- uh, savage messiah that was a one on the sculptor, famous sculptor, and then he did Amaler as you said, and then he did um, List. There's one on All List. List. Listomania. Yeah. Listomania. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's it. So, uh, but, but I, uh, I, really... I, I
0: had a piano recital when I was a kid. I never stuck with it. I, I can just mm-hmm. pick out stuff on piano, but I can't officially play. But uh, I'm the same way. But yeah, I remember after I finished that recital, like, I had a little figurehead of Litz, and uh, I still have it from when I was like, I don't know, seven years old or something. Mm-hmm. Still got it on my piano. My childhood uh-huh. piano. Yeah.
1: That's uh that's funny yeah I um yeah the uh the music lovers was one of his uh I saw it I guess about ten years ago it turned up uh on some maybe TCM or something and I, I just loved it and I thought man this is incredible he's like command of the medium you know the uh, you know the just all of it the visual audio and all that and the um, I think the uh. I want to say Andre Previn did the uh, the music score for, Ch- and he was the stand-in for Tchaikovsky, so to speak, for the film soundtrack. It was just, uh, and then I picked up uh, I picked up that uh, soundtrack over at Amiibo when I was out in Los Angeles mm. in 2013, I guess. The original vinyl still sealed. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, keep it that way. So yeah, but the, it
0: sounds stupid to everybody yeah. else that, that doesn't collect vinyl. Why would you keep it sealed? Like why would yeah but when Am i buy a, right? a sealed album unless it's definitely something that i got to hear that i can't mm-hmm. get on streaming then I'll, I'll yeah i'll keep it sealed but um here's a question for you i'm like not the the ken russell uh, f- aficionado who is knowledgeable front back about his career but um uh most of his movies i've seen i haven't liked but here's a question the um teresa russell even if she's in some movies that you like, do you think she's a good actress?
1: I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, she's she's been effective here and there, but I, I'm not really sure. I don't know if it's uh, the director that she's working with
0: which is, brings out. Which has been Ken Russell.
1: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's in Straight Time, of course. I just rewatched that, and I thought she was pretty good in the... I mean, it's not a. It's not a big role, but it uh, you know she's got some. Yeah, good she's with good. Hoffman.
0: She's good. I mean, she's she's got a natural quality in that movie.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, maybe the directors uh, bring out you know what talent she does have. It, you know, it just may, maybe that's what it is. I uh, I thought she's pretty good in Bad Timing, the uh, uh-huh. Nick Rogue film too. That's a, that's a good one. I would recommend for her if you want to see her at her best, shall we say?
0: <laughs> yeah, man. I try to. I, I've I've tried to watch horror a couple of times over the decades
1: yeah and uh, God, it's a tough one
0: it's a terrible movie and and she's yeah not good <laughs> no no <laughs> so,
1: she wasn't you're so i'm agreeing. thinking
0: am i thinking about this on the wrong level or if i should i reevaluate this somehow
1: yeah I'm, yeah i'm kind of right there with you on horror that's uh yeah that's not 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 the brightest spot on her uh, resume i would say yeah i uh did you ever i mean while we're on the subject of ken russell did you ever yeah. see yeah <laughs> or before we were yeah uh
0: before we move see... off of horrors, let's uh... –
1: <laughs> <laughs> Go back to Ken Russell. Yeah, did you ever see uh, The Devils and uh, no. what, what's your take on it? I no, was just curious about no. that. Yeah.
0: I know that's – that's. Uh, I guess it's good. Like do people like that movie or is it just kind of like an infamous and that's where the appeal comes from Is or is it a good movie? I, I don't know.
1: I think it's pretty good actually. Uh, I was able to uh, – They, I think uh, on – over in Britain, they ran a, a one night on uh, the BBC, I believe. They just for one night only, they ran the complete, uncut print of it with the extra ten minutes that had been excised, and it turned up online. So I, I was able to see that, and that was the first time I had seen it, and it was, uh, uh, it was pretty strong stuff, but but very effective. I thought. I uh, I have to admit, I do. I they would have love...
0: no like standards and regulations uh, on BBC for. Explicit stuff? Uh,
1: I well they you know they used to but I don't know maybe they, they've loosened up but yeah this was about ten years ago they had this uh, thing and they, ha- and they had a documentary that went along with it uh, mm. as well but yeah and it got a limited DVD release over in the UK as well but I, that may be out of print but never Blu-ray or anything like that but and Warner Brothers is they you know they it's a Warner Brothers production so uh, they basically at this point in time don't want to touch it they're just really afraid of the black backlash. <sighs> And uh, it's, it's pretty potent. Nobody's really, really going to care.
0: I mean, nobody's really going to care. <laughs> I mean, if they're uh, if they're skittish about just releasing it on Blu-ray and putting it out, I mean, you know, that's not yeah. going to be some kind of national scandal. But it is one of these, uh, uh, probably one of the top underground movies mm-hmm. that people, you know, postulate about.
1: Yeah, there's there's a couple of scenes in the uncut version that really might uh, you know, raise the ire of some some religious folks, shall we say? And so uh, I don't know if if that got out there and started making the social media rounds, if they took screenshots or something like that, it it could become yeah. a thing. I, I don't know. I mean, who knows? But uh, but anyway, it's amazing that a movie that's 50 years old still has that power, uh-huh. uh, and that in uh, the George Feltenstein who runs the Warner Archives. The uh, the that puts out all their older titles. He was uh, in an interview recently. I saw him saying that uh, it's it's still that they're aware that people want it, but they're still afraid of it. Is what he said. So uh, the the people at Warner Brothers are are scared of what could happen. So it's an interesting story.
0: I don't know. I mean, it's it's so odd. It's so hard for me to gauge what people care about anymore. Yeah, movies is one of those things that they give two craps about anymore.
1: I know, I I I kind of feel the same way. It's um, anyway, who who knows? But anyway, the dilemma of the devils.
0: <laughs> I mean, they'd have to watch it, and I don't think people are going to watch a fifty-year-old movie anyway. Yeah. So they just base their judgment on, on on, like you said, a screenshot or something.
1: Yeah, that's what it would be. Yeah, it would be kind of it would be uh, akin to. Of course, we live in a different climate now, but when the last temptation of Christ. Uh, came out and there was all the furor in these little small towns, and there were, you know, it was towns where the movie would never play to begin with. I think that's
0: still something that would happen. Yeah. Actually, there was, what is the movie? There were people picketing a movie that just came out this weekend, and they were outside the theater picketing it. And mm. it had something to do with um, religion. Gosh, what is that movie? I can't, ah, oh,
1: man. I, I missed remember. this news item. You,
0: you got me curious. Anyway, it said something slightly different about, uh, about religion. I can't think what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh damn it! Anyway, but they, wow. you know, But if something like Temptation came out, <coughs> I think they'd still come out of the house and pick it.
1: Yeah, or if they had a major re reissue of The Devils, you know, that's a, that that might be a thing—a theatrical reissue or something. Uh, now no, that I... that might get people going, but um but at the same yeah. time
0: maybe that's the best you could hope for maybe that's really yeah. the only way to get kind of exposure onto the 50 year old movie if you re-release mm-hmm.
1: it that's true yeah that's what they should do uh... they should do
0: some exclusive theatrical engagements of the most blasphemous film <laughs> for the past 50 years
1: <laughs> <laughs> so somebody will
0: see it at least
1: yeah it's uh it's it's good uh there's a I think Mike White did a, a special episode of the Projection Booth uh, covering the dilemma of the Devils. It's it's an interesting listen for anybody who wants well, we to get more into
0: it. And, yeah, I uh, know.
1: Yeah, you guys. Yeah,
0: and mm-hmm. that uh, that book is fantastic. Uh, I've got it right here, but I, I can't mm-hmm. see the name of it from across the room. But a guy wrote a book on the whole saga of Last Temptation, from from conception to you know the death threats in the French theater that was bombed that showed it and. Uh, yeah. yeah it's quite a saga and yeah, it was it, it became uh uh a cause a cause celebre for uh you know the the burgeoning religious television you know uh uh industry they needed something to harp on uh because you know the ptls and all that kind of stuff were all the rage back then and so they needed to get people angry And you know you could see it today when you need to get people angry and fired up, even if they don't know what the hell they're fired up about.
1: (laughs) That's true. Yeah, very, very much so. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's well, I just remember when Last Temptation came out. It's funny because I, you know, I was in high school. Well, I I actually I was in, um, yeah, I just graduated from high school a couple of months prior, and you know I lived in a small town, and all these people in our town were picketing. The film, uh, you know, and hadn't even come out yet, but they were picketing the theater. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, why are you picketing when this film's never going to play here anyway? Because it was a limited release. So what – I mean, what, you know, it's not like it's going to be in 3,000 theaters. It, yeah. Even back then I knew that. So it was really stupid. It was a limited release and only going to be playing in, you know, really uh, Odeon the bigger theaters,
0: markets. Because Odeon was a producer or some kind of contributor right, of to course. it. Yeah.
1: yeah, it made no sense. But that just goes to show you how little – uh, they know about these well, they, things they they, threat,
0: they threaten to burn down our local theater and and he said the same thing he was like it's not playing here yeah
1: exactly <laughs> it's, it's crazy
0: like, well if you do play it we're going to burn your theater down
1: <laughs> yeah these people know nothing about how the movie industry works about how limited releases and art house films are you know they just somebody says oh there's a blasphemous film oh we got to do something about it and that's then they're off on on their way yeah so, that's kind of the way it is, and some things never change. That's one thing that hasn't changed. You know, we've seen a lot of changes, but that's not one of them.
0: Well, at least somebody somebody's fired up about movies. Speaking <laughs> speaking of which, I did watch finally watch that Eyes of Tammy Faye movie. Okay, well, uh, I can take on I thought it was fine. I mean, I, I think it's another instance of a of a great performance uh, in the service of a mediocre movie. But yeah, there, I but agree the, but that. there were uh, elements of it that I enjoyed.
1: Yeah, me too. The documentary is still much better, I think. Uh, from from 2000, I guess it was. That's that's a really good documentary about her, and I would highly recommend anybody to to see that first before you venture into the yeah of Tammy Faye film.
0: Yeah, I mean the movie exists doc- because she wanted to play that part, and I'm I'm glad that she was able to to do it. Yeah, she does a great mm-hmm.
1: job. Yeah, it's uh, all that took place about uh, 20 minutes from where I live, so those events uh, unfolded there. It's it's Kind of in my backyard as you say so uh anyway yeah and some of that was shot on location i i do believe but anyway um so we'll move on to another keynote release which is pretty interesting it's called home bodies which is a this has kind of been a favorite of mine for years it's a 1974 horror film what it is it's a a bunch of senior citizens are being kicked out of their <laughs> apartment building um because they want to tear it down and make way for condos or whatever and so they decide to fight back and they begin murdering the uh people who are anybody that tries to get them to leave their tenement they uh they murder them. <laughs> so you basically have a bunch of senior citizens who are murderers. <laughs> and it's uh, there's some pretty inventive uh killings in the film and it has a really good sense of humor um it has uh, in the cast you have Ruth McDevitt who always played on who uh, always played on Kolchak the Night Stalker. She was uh, Miss Emily the advice columnist for anybody who ever watched Kolchak. And there's uh, Peter Brocco who's in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and some others that you might recognize. Who's he playing that Cuckoo's Nest? I'm not sure, but uh, he's just credited with being on One Fruit, in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I'd have to look up and see what part he played. See. Peter Bracco. Peter Brocco. Yes
0: let me see if i recognize his face yeah oh i don't remember him in cuckoo's Nest, but oh, but there he is oh yeah. yes i do yes i do okay he was i think he's a guy that was being fed through a straw or through a tube or something
1: that's right yes 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 yes, yes. Oh. yes. I, I do remember him now yep mm-hmm.
0: actually that's the character's name guy fed through tube
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's good well, anyway, uh, and this film is uh, photographed by Isidore Mankowski, who also photographed it uh, somewhere in time. Anyway, it's it's a fun movie, Home Bodies. I'm really glad that it got a Blu-ray release. Uh, the only way that – the copy that I had was actually a, a DVD that I bought that was actually a rip from a uh, VHS. I've had that on my shelf for years, and so I was able to upgrade to a Blu-ray version of uh, Home Bodies, But it's a it's a fun little horror film uh, with a, you know, uh, you don't get to see senior citizens as the uh, murderers in too many horror films. And I just, I th- it's a really interesting take on, uh, uh, you know, interesting change of pace, I guess you would say. But anyway, so we'll move on to uh, the, oh, the Criterion releases for the month. I'll just go ahead and go over all of these right quick. We had Lestrada, Strada, the uh, Fellini, the classic film from Fellini, of course.
0: And Criterion? this one
1: had, uh, yeah, these are all criterions. Uh, it was a 4K digital restoration. Of the 1954 film uh, has um, an alternate English dub soundtrack uh, featuring the voices of Anthony Quinn and Richard Basehart. Uh, commentary from 2003 by Peter Bondanella. Um, introduction from 2003 by Scorsese, Martin Scorsese. And uh, mm-hmm. as we were just talking about him, and there's a. Uh, documentary on Fellini called Fellini's Autobiography. And then we move on to Mulholland Drive. Got the 4K upgrade. Uh, so it's finally been issued in Ultra HD and I hear that it's uh, it looks fantastic. I, they ran out of review copies. I did not get any review product in November from Criterion, so I can't attest to the quality of any of these. But uh, Mulholland Drive getting a lot of high marks in terms of quality. Uh, I think a lot of these are carryovers from the previous additions, There's the 2015 interviews with uh, David Lynch and uh, Naomi Watts, Justin Thoreau and uh, Jack Fisk, the uh, production designer, and the casting director, Johanna Ray. And then we have on-set footage, deleted scene, a trailer, a booklet, of course. So uh, anyway, uh, if you're a Mulholland Drive fan, I know a lot of us are. A lot, a lot of us are. I'll get that out. Um, anyway, Once Upon a Time in China, the complete films. This was a series of films with Jet Li. It's uh, actually the series that launched him, I think, into international fame. And this has – I think there's five of these, and they're all in this box set. And um, we have new interviews with the uh, director of some of these films, uh, audio interview excerpts, deleted scenes, documentary from 2004. uh, A 1976 documentary about New York City's Chinatown called From Spikes to Spindles. And, um, you know, it's, uh, this, like I said, it's, it's a nice box set with all of the once upon a time in China films and citizen Kane made its, uh, move to ultra HD as well. And there's been some, uh, problems with these, uh, discs. Yeah. Um, I think there's been a recall. I think what I'm, I believe if I get this correct, that the ultra HD disc is fine, but the blu-ray has some problems or something and. Anyway, I think that's what's going on. So anyway, they're going to have they're gonna, they're doing a recall. So if you picked up one of those you may, and you're having problems, uh, the the replace the replacement discs are, I think they're they're out there now. You might want to reach out to. Them. Man, yeah. that,
0: but that thing was because that was the first 4K they announced, right? It was Citizen Kane? I that think was it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, people just were going crazy about. Oh, it's just a. Plan cover, it's just a K. Like, uh... <laughs>
1: it's
0: like, That's but I, in, in a way, it's it's a way of saying, you know, we don't need fancy art to sell something. This just you need just this one K, and it tells you that, or I guess there's a little C at the top of the K or something. I don't know. I
1: think so. Yeah.
0: So it tells you right away the most important film of all time.
1: Yeah, I mean, what more can you say about it? I mean, you know, if you know anything about films, you know what a big deal this is. And uh, the extras include three audio commentaries. Uh, there's, um, there's one with – it's a brand new one, I think, with Orson Welles scholars, James uh, Nairmore and Jonathan Rosenbaum. And we have the 2002 mm. one featuring uh, Peter Bogdanovich and then another 2002 one featuring Roger Ebert. And we have a rarely seen feature-length BBC documentary from 1991 called The Complete Citizen Kane – and a new video essay by Orson Welles scholar Robert Carringer, and a new program on the film Special Effects by uh, Ben Burt, the uh, sound effects whiz, of course. And we have some 1990 um, st- uh, stuff that uh, previously appeared on the, I think, the Criterion Laser Disc, because that was one of their oh, well, first yeah. Laser Discs.
0: I had that games. Laser Disc, yeah.
1: Yeah, I did too, once, once upon a time. Uh, I think a lot of this Laser Disc material has never been reissued on uh, the DVD or Blu-ray format because they controlled it. So now, since Cr- Criterion has reissued Citizen Kane, I think it was a Warner Brothers issue the last couple of times. And uh, so they're they're trotting out some of their archive stuff, uh, interviews from 1990 with uh, Robert Wise and Ruth Warwick and um, – Martin Scorsese again, Henry Jaglom, uh, Martin Ritt, and Frank Marshall are on this Yeah, uh, I with think,
0: them. I think that's what uh, – yeah, there was uh, – uh, I remember that laser disc, and it was beautiful. It was like white trifold. Uh, yeah, it was. LaserDisc were just beautiful uh, pieces sure of art was. of themselves. But, uh, and then there was this interactive screen with a bunch of different interview screenshots. And I remember Burt Reynolds was on that, and he was, he was talking about how towards the end of Orson Welles' life, he was begging him for work. Mhm. And and yeah. Brent Reynolds was like Orson Welles begging me for work, you know. It was just unbelievable. But uh Heart,
1: Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's kind of it's a heartbreaking saga as we all know about uh, Orson Welles and what happened in the end. It didn't didn't end well for him.
0: But, but what a rock and tour man.
1: Oh yeah, oh, of course. Watching those
0: ca- Cavett or or Merv Griffin or the Parkinson shows for out of England interviews with Orson Welles it's man he was fascinating
1: sure was yeah i couldn't agree more yeah i love going back and just watching him on those things he was, he was fantastic he was he was certainly good at that um among many other things Uh minister society is the other criterion release and that's um it's 4k uh ultra hd edition as well and uh, it also includes, I think that might have been a previous uh, criterion, I believe. Laser disc, uh, menace to society. I want, I want to say that, and I may be wrong about that, but anyway, it has two audio commentaries from 1993, and that's what leads me to believe that this may have been a previous. It was, criterion. yeah. I
0: think that was their, they, that was their Hughes brothers. I think they did the previous pressing on it.
1: Yeah. So it's got uh, *Gangs Division*, a 2009 feature out on the making of the film. And there's some new conversation with uh, film critic Elvis Mitchell and Albert Hughes, the uh, one of the directors, screenwriter yeah. Tiger Williams. So, I like, anyway, I like, I like yeah. Elvis. I do, too. I do, too. Yeah, he's, in, he's, he's insightful, I would say. So uh, that is your Criterion releases for the month. And so we'll move along to... Oh, a couple more Kino releases. Uh, There's a Randolph Randolph Scott Western collection that spans the years 1943 to 1960. The Mystery of Edwin Drood from 1935. The Secret of the Blue Room, 1933. The Spider Woman Strikes Back from 1946. The Mad Doctor from 1940. Uh, those are a few Kino titles. Uh, In a box and set or separate? You know, just different. Uh, yeah, the only box set was the Randolph Scott Western Collection 1943 to 60. That is a box set. But the rest of them are uh, separate releases. And uh, Counterpoint from 1960, uh, rather, with uh, Charlton Heston and Maximilian Schell. That's uh, another one. And a number one from 1969 starring uh, Jessica Walter and Charlton Heston. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so there's uh, some keynote titles. And another one, they've been uh, distributing the uh, Cohen Media Group stuff. And they uh, there's a couple of things that I have here from Cohen Media Group that came out over the course of the month. And one of them is one of my top ten favorite films of the year so far. It's a, a foreign film starring Juliette Binoche called Who You Think I Am. And it's really, really good, I have to admit. Uh, it's... Um, Basically, the plot is that uh, Juliette Binoche is dating this uh, much younger guy, and I think she's a college professor or something of that nature and anyway, She's dating this much younger guy, and he just suddenly ghosts her. And so she creates a fake identity and goes online, and she winds up uh, dating his friend to uh, get back at him. But uh, things get really complicated when his friend decides that he wants to meet her in person, and she has to... Try to figure out what the next step is, and this uh, with this fake identity she's created. And anyway, it's it's a movie that, that keeps on um, keeps you on your toes, and you wonder what's going to happen next. And it's uh it has a lot to say about you know uh, just the the state the what it's dating during the social media age, or I guess you would say, or something. But anyway, uh it's it's a really good movie. I'll just say that. Who you think I am? Uh, directed by Safi. Nibu, I think I'm pronouncing that correct. But anyway, um, there's a criti- critical blurb here that says catfish meets fatal attraction. I would I would say that's true. That's very apropos, I would say. But anyway, uh, big thumbs up from me for who you think I am now available from Cohen Media Group. And so we have a couple others here. White as Snow, a film by Anne Fontaine. Uh, this stars Isabelle Huppert. It's an uh, I think this is a, uh, yeah this is a new fairly new film and uh, didn't get around to it actually uh, but uh, anyway it's um, it got some pretty good notices a good one from New York Times and The Deceivers from 1988 uh, this stars uh, Pierce Brosnan mm-hmm. this is um, yeah I think this is one of the Ismail Merchant uh, productions and it's directed by Nicholas Meyer who you know the director of Star Trek II and and The Day After. And, uh, this, this, uh, again is, um, is pretty, pretty well regarded. Um, I think, uh, Roger Ebert was a fan of this one. Which
0: one? If you had a double feature of the day after and the morning after, what order would
1: you put them in? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good, that's a dilemma. That is a real dilemma. It truly is. Uh, yeah.
0: I was always I so disappointed that the morning after didn't have this, that song in it. There's got to be
1: a morning uh, in the middle of this murder mystery.
0: That's That's right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Uh, So I think that uh, pretty well covers the. uh, I think that was. uh, We were looking at November 2nd. So, yeah, we're moving along to the next, uh, the 9th. I think that was the 2nd. That's everything. Let's see how much we've raised so far. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, um, L.A. Story was issued, uh, the Steve Martin film from 1991. Uh, that was issued on Blu-ray from Lionsgate, and uh, I hadn't seen that in forever, and so I went back and revisited that, and it's uh, it's slight but affecting, I guess you would say. Uh, there's mm. some, some humorous moments in it, and uh, I wonder know, about
0: those movies because there was there was a an ra- L.A. Story it was very well received, but uh, there were a rash of movies in that time that dealt with you know the pomposity of Hollywood and all that kind of stuff there was that great Kevin Bacon movie where he's trying to make his first movie or something, and the studios are wooing him what was oh the name of that movie?
1: yeah, what is that movie
0: uh Can't I know, really name
1: is it and, Christopher and, guest in that or something yeah,
0: and, and that had some funny stuff in it and then there was the mistress movie that De Niro was involved in. oh yeah, there are a couple of movies like that uh, I'm wondering like the l a of the nineteenth uh, uh, of thirty years ago like if if they feel dated now.
1: I know. Uh, yeah, there were some dated things about La Story when I rewatched it uh, last month. Uh, yeah, there were a few here and there. Not not too bad, but a few things, you know. And obviously, the technology is very dated that they're using in the film. It's kind of shocking, uh, <laughs> you know. It's uh, the the way they communicate in these films, especially from the early '90s. I think it's even more dated than the ones from the early '70s in some ways. Mm. For me. Anyway.
0: Well, cell phones were so big back then they could they could pass for walkie talkies.
1: Yeah, I that's that's what I'm getting at. I would rather see somebody using a a, a rotary phone. I'm more comfortable with that than seeing these gigantic.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that you know those big shoebox phones in the cars were you know the the first uh, emergence of that technology really that showed that and you're rich. True.
1: That's right. As the old saying goes, you were shitting in high cotton if you have one of those. <laughs> that's,
0: that's a pretty old saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, I couldn't think of any anything better to uh, any better adage to it would, wouldn't come to me at the moment. Hang on, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna pour soda. Hang on, I'm gonna put, sure, the, yeah. put the mic to the cup so you could hear the. All right, I don't want to I don't want to spare our audience. The pleasure.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. You're making me thirsty, man.
0: Oh, okay. it's just mouth watering. <laughs> I'm not done yet. Okay. There, we go. okay. there it is. That's what's going in my stomach. All right. <laughs> Continue.
1: Yes. Well, anyway, so L.A. Story's out with a couple of new uh, featurettes and such, and so anyway. Made its Blu-ray debut for its 30th anniversary, and then we have The Outsiders, the complete novel.
0: Rejiggered.
1: Yeah, rejiggered. By Coppola. Yeah, imagine that.
0: Who's going back through his entire library and saying, oh, I'm Francis Ford Coppola, I got that wrong.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I keep waiting for uh, the rain, the, uh, the rain people uh, extended yeah. cut and the, uh, the, Dementia you're a big 13. boy now. Yeah, yeah right. Dementia <laughs> 13. You're a big boy now. Yeah, It's it so funny. It's
0: like away. the Outsiders, the Godfather trilogy goes back to those. Apocalypse Now goes back to those. What about Dementia 13? No, no, no. I got that perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
1: rain people yeah that's right yeah actually i'm i have a fondness for the rain people and you're a big boy now i think those are really good movies actually uh, all jokes aside yeah i'd like to see those released on blu-ray personally but uh who knows i don't know what the elements what kind of condition the elements are in but those are really under underseen coppola films i think but anyway the outsiders uh, uh, yeah we have both cuts of the film on this ultra hd edition and we have uh, an all-new Francis Ford Coppola introduction restoring the Outsiders. So apparently he was involved in the restoration process of this. And then we have Outsiders looking in, deleted scenes, and some other stuff. So, anyway. what year
0: was that? What year was Outsiders? 1983. 83. So Cruise had done all the right moves.
1: Yeah, risky business. Risky I business think at that point. Yeah, and uh, losing it. Okay. I think those were those were his and of course his Taps, and maybe uh endless love. That's right. That was Ta- taps
0: two. was eighty one. Right.
1: Yeah. So I think those were his. Uh, that was his resume at that point.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. So er, early cruise. Yeah, that's an incredible cast. I mean, you know, wow. When you look at it, even today, it's like this is incredible. You know, Tommy Howell and Matt Dillon and Diane Lane and Ralph Macchio and yeah. Rob Lowe and Swayze and. Emilio Estevez, and even Leif Garrett. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty impressive stuff. So, um, anyway, so moving along to a couple of uh, Warner Archive titles, we have The Last of Sheila, and it's uh, interesting that this was released, because it's uh, one of the few films, I think, that was actually written by uh, Stephen Sondheim, who died just a couple of couple of weeks after this was released so mm. i don't know if they were planning that but anyway uh, yeah this film uh, was scripted by steven sondheim and anthony perkins i think it's the only film that uh, either of them scripted maybe but anyway, definitely the only film anthony perkins ever scripted but uh, they were big puzzle fans and i think they uh, that was one of their hobbies that they would uh, do puzzles and games together and so they came up with this idea for this film it's, it's a really fun film uh, with Richard Benjamin, Diane Cannon, and James Coburn, Joan Hackett, James Mason, and Ian McShane, and Raquel Welch, and they're all on a boat, and basically James Coburn's wife was was mysteriously run over, and he basically rounds up all of the people that he thinks could be uh, responsible for it, and uh, tries to... Uh, tries to figure out which one of them does it through a series – or did it, rather, through a series of uh, puzzles that he forces – and games, rather, that he forces them to play. And uh, I don't want to say too much about it, but it's uh, Herbert Ross directed, and um, the song Friends by Bette Midler appears in this film. I think it may have been uh, – maybe made its first appearance in this film, but – uh, it's a it's a really really fun film. I would uh, recommend it. I was so glad to see a Blu-ray release of this. There's a commentary, I think an archival commentary by Richard Benjamin, Diane Cannon, and Raquel Welch, and uh, the trailer. So uh, the last. I wow,
0: commentary shoot. by Welch. Uh, so Friends debuted on that movie.
1: I think so. I believe. Because there's a
0: movie called Friends that Elton John was involved in.
1: Oh yeah, that was two years prior. Yeah the.
0: But the that about, the yeah. song's not on that
1: no 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 this is the you gotta have friends i know, don't know
0: the, why i always associated that song with that movie the <laughs> <song>. <laughs> yeah
1: yes well anyway fury uh starring uh sylvia Sidney and spencer tracy this crime thriller uh directed by fritz Lang. uh you know it's about a wrong a wrongly jail wrongly jail, jailed man gosh my tongue tied there uh, thought to have died in a blaze started by a bloodthirsty lynch mob is somehow alive and ready to get back at the people who put him there. And uh, it's always gotten pretty good notices. Fury with uh, this uh, Fritz Lang film. Uh, didn't get around to seeing it, but uh, anyway, it has um, commentary by Peter Bogdanovich and uh, ex- or audio interview excerpts with the uh, director, Fritz Lang. So, theatrical trailer as well. So, Fury from Warner Archive. And uh, Reminiscence, the uh, latest film starring Hugh Jackman, got a 4K and Blu-ray release as well. I didn't get around to that one. But for anybody who missed that in theaters, it's out there now, as is yeah, old I hear. Henry. I
0: hear Reminiscence is instantly for- forgettable.
1: <laughs> yes. Imagine. Imagine that. Yeah, that's um... – so anyway, uh, we have that, and we also have Old Henry. That's a new release too, uh, with Tim Blake Nelson, which got pretty good notices. Uh, so that that has been issued as well. Uh, the candy right. bar? Uh, no, no, Old Henry. No. O-L-D. Oh. O L D, instead of O H Henry. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a western. I think uh, western comedy, and uh, yeah, it's uh, and. Uh, Respect is another recent release that's getting a home theater Mm -hmm. issue. uh, The one with Jennifer Hudson biopic of Aretha Franklin. I didn't get around to that one. uh, Yeah, they're
0: trying to keep her in the conversation for Oscars.
1: They really are. Yeah, I've gotten not one, but two screeners uh, that they are trying to get me to look at. And I do want to see it. I just haven't gotten to it. It's too much going on. So, uh, but it's on the to-do list. And ladies, they talk about... Starring Barbara Stanwyck from 1933 is another Warner Archive release. I wanted to mention that one. Uh, one more train to rob. That's a, I think that's a Kino release from 1971, Western. And we have a trio also from Kino of uh, W.C. Fields films: The Old Fashioned Way uh, from 1934, and we have It's a Gift from 1934, and The Bank Dick. From 1940, I think that may have been his last film, but all three of these are... The pink dick. uh, Yeah. (laughs)
0: He he wants to make a deposit.
1: (laughs) It's terrible, sorry.
0: I apologize to our listener.
1: It's funny, though. Uh, Yeah, so these all have new audio commentaries and uh, the original trailers. So if you're a W.C. Fields fan, these uh, these, uh, look pretty good. They've done a pretty good job with the elements they have. And uh, so anyway, trio of WC Fields films there. And uh, let's see the Adams family. Uh, mm. the uh, 1991 film has been uh, issue, reissued in a uh, 4k edition that's being billed as the um, more Mamushka edition which has a dance sequence that was uh, originally trimmed from the film and apparently Barry Sonnenfeld always, was the director of the film was always disappointed that they cut it and so he's gotten an opportunity to revisit the film and put it back in like he always wanted to have it so uh it's not the length of the film is not um not it's only uh, two or three minutes longer it's not a big deal but um it is a little bit longer and it has the complete dance sequence that uh, was trimmed there and um there's an introduction by barry sonnenfeld and the filmmaker focus where he feature at where he talks about it and the and an archival featurette. So this is, uh, like I said, the new 4K edition of The Adams Family is uh, is now available as well. And let's see, uh, we're about to make our way through November 9th. Just about the Chud was released uh, from 1984. The uh, was that cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Uh, that's a special edition from Arrow Video. With all kinds of new bells and whistles and featurettes and commentaries and all that stuff, uh, this uh, trailer played prominently. I remember in the around uh, late '84, I remember seeing it in quite a few of the, attached to quite a few of the films that I that I uh, saw around that time. So it brings back fond memories. The trailer does, if nothing else. Uh, so the documentary Val, which is a documentary on uh, Val Kilmer, has been issued on uh I'm not sure which label put this out but anyway it's out there uh, I'm not seeing what label it is but uh did you get a chance to see that by any chance or yeah. uh, once you Yeah, I not, I enjoyed
0: it. I like
1: I did too. I
0: did too.
1: Yeah, I, was, I think
0: uh, I told you I th- I thought it was very interesting and convenient that they totally left out the part where everyone that ever worked with Valcomer thought he was an asshole. Like they left
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I kept waiting for that, but it didn't, it never arrived. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's see here, and um, we're moving along to November the 16th. Uh, The recent Candyman has uh, been issued in 4K. Uh, They say it's a sequel to the original Candyman, uh, so I, I didn't get around to seeing it, but uh, Ran.
0: That's so the, uh, weird because the original already had a sequel.
1: I know. Yeah. Well, I guess this is a 20 years later sequel. Uh, mm. I suppose. Well, anyway, uh, Ran, the Kurosawa film from 1985, has gotten a steelbook edition that I think is an exclusive to Best Buy stores. Um, I don't know how many people would be running in there to get <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> the, the youngsters, I don't think, are would be aware of it. But who knows? Yeah, I want
0: to see that. Yeah, there's no no telling how many people that show up there to buy big screen TVs during the holidays are also looking for a Japanese uh, interpretation of King Lear.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Just what I've been looking for. But it's a gorgeous movie.
1: Yeah, sure is. Yeah, absolutely. So Jungle Cruise has been uh, has been issue. That was the Disney film from last summer that I don't think it did quite what they expected it to. Starring Emily Blunt, based on a was that based on an amusement park ride or something? I think I'm not really hundred yeah. percent sure about that. Anyway, that's out there too on 4K, and we also have Maniac Cop 2 has been issued by Blue Underground, and Maniac Cop 3. Mm. Those two is, uh, have been issued by um, Blue Underground in a new uh, 4K. They made the leap to Ultra HD 4K. So uh, we have those. Um, and the Mad Max Anthology has been issued in 4K as well, uh, all four of the Mad Max films from Warner Brothers proper. And I'm told there's some audio issues with one of those discs as well. So there's a, there's problems uh, that are being – those discs are being uh, replaced as, as well, I think. So uh, anyway, if you have one of those and you're having issues, um, I think uh, I would reach out to them because I do think they have a, a, a plan in place. And so the 1981 film, I was really, really happy to see this one. Uh, Ragtime has been issued by Paramount Presents as part of their line of titles. Uh, the Milos Forman film is, uh, of course, an adaptation of the E.L. Doctorow novel. And there was a rumor for a long time that there was a longer print of this film, and apparently Martin Scorsese helped them to locate it, and turns out There was. There was a work print that Milos Forman left behind that had been elusive for all these many years. But they found it, and they put it on here on a bonus disc. So you get to see a a 20-minute longer cut of Ragtime, as well as a remastered version of the original film. And you have deleted and extended scenes, Ragtime Revisited, which is a conversation with Larry Karaszewski and screenwriter Michael Weller on Ragtime. And it just uh, looks beautiful. Uh, I love this film. Uh, it's just a, a great film about a, uh, a multitude of characters at the turn of the century and in, uh, in uh, New York and in the New York suburbs. Uh, from New Rochelle to the flashy spectacle of Atlantic City, I guess you would say. Uh, so anyway, and a beautiful score by uh, Randy Newman, I would say. So uh, if you, it's a limited edition. So when they're gone, they're gone. But anyway, uh, Ragtime has finally been issued on Blu-ray by Paramount, and it's part of their Paramount Presents line of titles, as well as Vanilla Sky. uh, Some people like this film. Some people say it's a misfire. I don't know where you stand on it. I'm kind of in the middle on it. But um, it's uh, Cameron Crowe as he united with uh, Tom Cruise after uh, Jerry Maguire, of course and it was based on the 1997 film Abre Los Ojos
0: Open which, your eyes.
1: Uh, yep. Wait, and, it's, um, it's
0: it's essentially it's so much the 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 same movie.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's That's just um
0: updated with um you know it, it but Cameron Crowe injects his uh, pop culture stuff in it. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. um beautifully mixed the sound in the movie the layers of sound especially when he's going nuts at the end of the movie mm-hmm. and threatening camera uh, camera diaz uh the sound and the layers of different songs and the paranoia and all that it really does a great job on you
1: yeah it's uh i was glad they put this out on blu-ray it's never been domestically released on blu-ray and so uh they did and there's a uh... Again, part of the Paramount Presents line of titles, number 27 in the line. And there's a lot of extras here. There's a new uh, filmmaker focus featurette with Cameron Crowe where he talks about it all these years later. There's a commentary by Cameron Crowe and his then-wife, Nancy Wilson. They're long-divorced, but back then they were a couple. Uh, The alternate ending in HD, uh, and you have an interview with Paul McCartney. I think he did the music, right, I believe, from the film? Yeah. I think. And uh, didn't he win an Oscar or something, or was nominated or something For at least? The song I Vanilla Sky. Yeah, I don't it know. seems like it, but can't uh-huh. remember. Uh, anyway, um, there's several. Uh, there's a mask test. I'm not sure what that is, but uh, and a photo gallery, del- deleted scenes, trailers. You know, so Vanilla Sky has been issued as part of the Paramount Presents line of titles. And uh, Paramount has really been busy as they also released a two-movie collection of the Brady Bunch movie and the Very Brady sequel. So two for the price of one, and I'm a fan of both of those. I just think they're really, really clever, really funny, and uh, I'm so glad they put them out on Blu-ray. It was nice. So um, uh, they were a good uh, – I think it's a good homage/send-up of the uh, TV series and a lot most of the, oh, there's a lot of jokes that really work. So anyway, I rewatched both of those just last summer, I believe. So anyway, we have the Middle-earth collection, a 31 disc ultimate uh they call it the Ultimate Middle-earth Trilogy with all of the Hobbit films and the Lord of the Rings films and they're all it's all uh, it's a 4K box set but I'm told that if you have previous editions you might want to hold on to them because a lot of the documentaries that were on previous editions because they weren't shot in HD uh, they couldn't bring them up to speed with ultra HD so they just left them off so it's hardly the complete set so if you're a fan of the uh, the Middle Earth films. You might when you have those previous editions, you might want to hold on to them. But anyway, uh, I, I'm told they look pretty good as far as like the transfers and all that stuff. So anyway, uh, the Warner Brothers have, has released this Middle Earth trilogy. Uh, Mill Creek has issued Josie and the Pussycats from 2001. <laughs> oh. I don't know how many people were clamoring for that, but nevertheless, um, yeah. So uh, David Cronenberg's M. Butterfly from 1993, part of the Shout Select line of titles, that has been issued. Um, and Sailor Suit and Machine Gun, an anime Jap- Japanese animated film from 1981, has been issued by Arrow with uh, some extras. And we have, uh, well, let's see here, a uh, Charles Bronson film has been issued by... Uh, uh, Kino Break Heart Pass, which I think is one of the better ones mm. from 1975.
0: It's a good Goldsmith score.
1: Yes, it is. And a pretty solid film, too. And, uh, Chato's Land from 1972 is another Charles Bronson film that Kino has opted to release. Um, that, uh, was previously issued by Twilight Time, but it's long out of print, but, uh, they, it's back in print now, courtesy of Kino. And the Evil Dead Groovy Collection is a, uh, Contains Evil Dead One and Evil Dead Two in 4K Ultra HD, and then the TV series Ash vs. the Evil Dead, all in a nifty little box set that's Lionsgate putting that out. Why wouldn't Army of Darkness be in there? Well, that's a Universal. Okay. Uh, Universal owns that. Lionsgate owns all the other stuff, and so they didn't uh, they didn't didn't get the rights to that Army of Darkness. But I'm fine with that because the first two are the, the only ones that I'm interested in seeing. <laughs> to be quite honest, <laughs> never was a fan of Army of Darkness. Just didn't didn't quite uh, reach the giddy heights of the er, er, earlier films, but the TV series is great, by the way. Loved it. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, fantastic. Yeah, I never. Loved, I never got yeah. into Evil Dead. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> I did watch that remake. Oh, man, that's a. Yeah, it's pretty gruesome. That's a that's some heavy stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It really is, yeah, it's uh well, I was surprised because I didn't think that they could pull it off of the TV series. They said they were going to continue it and I was I thought, yeah right, but man it's it's a perfect uh, continuation because it, it's, it's a good blend of the horror and the humor and it's just uh, it's a lot of fun if you like the Evil Dead films uh, you and you haven't seen Ash versus Evil Dead i I could not recommend it more. it was just I, I thought it was fantastic for uh, as far as a continuation of Evil Dead. so uh, it worked quite well. And I hated to see it go after three seasons. Um, I wish somebody would have renewed it. But alas, that's the way it goes sometimes. Uh, the Night Has a Thousand Eyes, starring Edward G. Robinson and Gail Russell. That's a Kino release from 1948. And we have a couple of, uh, have a couple of Warner Archive titles here. Let's see. We have, oh, let's see. We have.
0: Uh, I would like that we can hear you going through them.
1: I know, yeah. I've got the I've got the stack here. I don't, I don't, I don't, re-
0: I don't remember ever hearing that in previous episodes.
1: <laughs> I tried to, I tried to be a little more professional, but I thought, you know, no, 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 I no, I, no. That's what of... I
0: like. <laughs> we can, we can imagine you picking up that physical copy and.
1: Yep, I've so got them right there. A visit to
0: Adam Long's library.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, most of these, due to the death in my family, I got way behind. I have to admit, there was a lot of um, uh, a lot of uh, busy, you know, just staying busy no, keep, with all of. Keep, the Keep stuff doing it like with. this.
0: Like before so, we start any show, just have stacks of have them, them like a- around you, and you're just turning and picking up and all that stuff. I like that.
1: All right. Well, you can hear them. Hear the cellophane. <laughs> Listen to this cellophane rap. There you go. Uh, We got uh, Some Came Running from uh, 1958. That's one of them. Uh, That's uh, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, and Shirley MacLaine and MGM uh, originally released this film but now Warner Brothers has the rights to it and it's um, it's about World War II veteran Dave Hirsch played by Frank Sinatra who's uh, uh, he's returning to his hometown after his stint in the war and uh, trying to get his life back together there and uh, this is always been very well reviewed and yeah. uh, it's, it's a movie i've always wanted to see but just never did vincent minnelli directed and um anyway it's uh and shirley McLean's
0: know. had some experiences man Yes, I mean, she's a huge part of hollywood history for sure
1: the story I'm, I'm, she could tell
0: i remember her being interviewed a few years ago and they mentioned in her shoes which is the a really great curtis hansen movie that shirley McLean did with the uh, cameron diaz and uh, tony collette yeah,
1: I'm a fan of it. Yep. Yeah,
0: I like that movie a lot. And she was just dumbfounded, Shirley MacLaine. She said that, you know, the young actress in that movie didn't ask me a single question.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I would be so in there to pick the brain of Shirley MacLaine and hear about her experiences and stuff. And they're just totally disinterested.
1: Uh, ugh, ugh. Did,
0: did the, and speaking of Sinatra, too, did – uh, um. That movie that he did where he where he's holding this family hostage to assassinate the president from their house, Suddenly, is that the name of the movie?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Did
0: that ever find a Blu-ray release?
1: Uh, seems like it, but...
0: Because, uh... damn, that movie was problematic when it came out. Well, it did it come out? Because it was the Kennedy assassination that happened around that time, and I thought they pulled
1: it because of that. Seems like it did get a physical media release i'll uh i'll have to do some checking to find out but uh that's an interesting movie it's not a bad movie yeah and and that's one i you know there's several of his films around that time that i didn't see i didn't see the man with the golden arm i uh you know i i've always heard that one was good too so of course that was about drug addiction but uh yeah I'll we'll have to uh, to see if that's out there. I'll we'll have to do some digging. But Some Came Running has a featurette on it, um, the story of Some Came Running in the theatrical trailer. So we have that. Uh, National Velvet, mm. uh, the um, you know the film that I guess it kind of made Elizabeth Taylor a star. You know she's determined to race her horse against all the odds. As, as a
0: young girl, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. One of the most likable movies of all time," said Pauline Kael in "5,001 Nights at the Movies." And this is, um, again, originally a uh, an MGM release, but now Warner Brothers controls some of those titles. And it's uh, photographed in Technicolor. Uh, there's no extras here, but uh, a beautiful new transfer and uh, Mickey Paul, Rooney, Donald Crisp, in Pauline Kael well.
0: calling something likable.
1: <laughs> That's funny. <plenty. laughs> <No, right. clears throat> Too funny. So. Um, Anyway, and we mentioned The Eyes of Tammy Faye earlier, so we won't uh, revisit that. But that is out.
0: Uh, Okay, the movie.
1: Yeah, the movie, yeah. Mm -hmm. Did Doc ever get a Blu-ray? No, never did. Would have been great to pair them. I know, yeah, right?
0: As an extra or something, yeah.
1: It would have been. Yes. So, um, anyway, we have, uh, let's see, uh, a couple other things here. Uh, Heaven Can Wait has finally made its way to blu-ray after all these years the last time it got a physical disc release was in oh i think 1999 so it hasn't been issued on physical media in 22 years so it definitely was in need of an upgrade and it looks beautiful there's no extras here unfortunately um i guess warren Beatty just didn't want to be bothered with talking about it but anyway it's it's a wonderful movie and a big hit in its day of course you know it's uh you know is it better uh, with
0: uh, Beatty than it would have been with muhammad ali
1: I don't know about that. That's a good question. Because
0: that's who he originally wanted to cast, right?
1: Right, yeah, I think so. But uh, nevertheless. It would have been funny
0: if Ali would have been the one to to have died. And then he came back in the form of Warren Beatty. And he was trying to convince people that he was Muhammad Ali.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, true, true. Yeah, but uh yeah, so it's it's out there. You know, it was nominated for what nine Oscars, I think, you know, yeah. including Best Picture. It's a you know, it's a big deal at the time. So anyway, uh it's just a it's not a Paramount Presents line or anything. It's just a basic uh just a generic Paramount uh release and uh, but I'm glad it's there. Definitely needed the update. Yeah, upgrades. he
0: was he was very cunning in in having Buck Henry service co-director at least being credited as, as that. Oh, yeah. And I think it was just the fact that, you know, if this thing fails, I can blame it on him.
1: Yes, exactly. I think, that, yeah, he was going to – He's he was, he was slick, that Warren Beatty. Yeah. <laughs> he surely was. Well, let's see. Uh, we have uh, – and speaking of Warren Beatty, also another release from Paramount would be Reds from yeah. uh, 1981. You know, that was a passion project of his. And it's the uh, you know, it was an Oscar and Golden Globe winning film based on the uh, the story of uh, the activist Louise Bryant and John Reed, the journalist whose romance is punctuated by the outbreak of World War One and the Bolshevik Revolution and featuring the uh, really interesting cast of uh, Jack Nicholson, Ed Herman and Paul Servino, Gene Hackman and Maureen Stapleton. And she won the Oscar for her role and. Uh, there's no new extras here but we have all of the um, the previous uh, you know the, the featurettes and such that were there originally on the blue on the regular DVD edition from years ago so uh, yeah. thankfully they have been retained yeah right? I mean why would
0: he want to talk about having Kawain when he does reds I mean he's a serious filmmaker after Reds <laughs> <coughs> I love stories about Warren Beatty though
1: Oh, I did too. That there's book a, was gr- yeah, great. Yeah. There's start. A, <clears throat>
0: that great <clears throat> story about Catherine Hepburn and how he wooed her for love affair. And uh, so she finally agreed to appear in it because she was just sick of Beatty's, uh, you know, the, the antics trying to get her to do it. And so she finishes <clears throat> because she won't do more than so many takes and what she says goes, even on a Warren Beatty set. So she said, no, I'm done. She stood up and she was going to leave. And. Beatty like shook her hand and he was like, if only I was 30 years younger <laughs> <laughs> and Catherine Hepburn said, is that supposed to be a compliment? <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: great. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I could, I, I could, I, I never get tired of the, of the Warren Beatty stories. You're exactly right. So those are, those are great. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah. I need to go back and re, re, uh, re, read that book. It was, it was so much in there. I, uh, I would like to actually go back and reread it. So, let's see. Moving right along. Uh, the Bee Gees documentary from last year, uh, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart, has been issued also it. by Warner. I R-5. liked Yeah, it. I did too. Yeah, directed by Frank Marshall. And uh, so that's that's available on physical media now. Uh, National Lampoon's Movie Madness has been issued by Kino from 1983. Uh, I remember that didn't, didn't really get uh, – too good of a review back in the day, but uh, who knows? Some of those movies have their own charm. There's comedies from way back when. So uh, who knows? The Far Country from 1954 is an Arrow video release, and that uh, comes with a new transfer and some uh, new extras. That's uh, Jimmy Stewart is in that one, uh, directed by Anthony Mann. So uh, have that um, available. Mm-hmm. Let's see, and we're moving moving right along to November the 23rd, Uncut Gems. I forgot to mention that one earlier. That's another that's criterion. criterion.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a 4K release as well. Uh, that one, I don't know how that one slipped through, but nevertheless it did. A movie it's,
0: you want to watch if, you, if you're looking forward to a very calming evening on the couch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is true. Uh, so that's out there, uh, with, uh, a few new featurettes, uh, and extras, uh, maybe commentary, I'm not sure, there's some new, there's some new bonus material, let's just say that, so anyway, um, and we have the, uh, the Hills Have Eyes, uh, Wes Craven's original Hills Have Eyes from 1977 has been issued in 4K by Arrow, with, uh, most of the previous extras, I think all the previous extras have been carried over, don't think there's anything new there. But uh, if you want to get the uh, the Ultra HD upgrade, um, Hills Have Eyes is out there, and it looks better than it ever has. I did get a chance to look at this one. It really looks good. They did a great mm-hmm. job with it, considering that it was shot on 16 millimeter. Uh, you'd be amazed.
0: Yeah, I, um, don't, I don't know that that movie needs to look good. Yeah, I know. You may be right about that. I mean, it's just it, – it is an effective movie, uh, mm-hmm. and I tried to watch it again just a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, I'm not going to put myself through this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yes, is true. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough one to watch. So, yeah, uh, in 1990, uh, Dave Stewart of the Eurythmics commissioned the uh, director Robert Mugg to, and uh, music scholar, scholar Robert Palmer to go into the, uh, the North Mississippi Hill Country and do, do a documentary on uh, rural blues acts, and the result was Deep Blues, a 1990 film that uh, was well-reviewed uh, in its day, and it has been issued by the uh, the film movement, um, and it's part of their line of titles, Deep Blues from 1990. Just want to mention that. And uh, Lullaby of Broadway from 1951 is another Warner Archive title. One of those musicals from uh, starring Doris Day and Gene Nelson. And uh, and The Thin Man Goes Home is another uh, Warner Archive title. Uh, the fifth in the Thin Man series. They've released all the others. There's one left, I think, and I'm assuming they would release it. So there's a complete complete collection out there. And Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 1978 version, Philip Kaufman's, uh, in my in my estimation, the best of all the Invasion of the Body Snatchers mm-hmm. takes on that tale. Uh, that has been issued in 4K. And, uh, again, getting really good reviews. They ran out of review products, so I wasn't able to get one. But uh, the word on the street is it looks fantastic. And um, Michael Chapman photographed that. Of course, he's no longer with us, but I think Philip Kaufman... Uh, was uh, he signed off on the transfer. So, but supposedly really good. And, uh, I think, uh, most of the, most of the uh, extras, there may be a new commentary there, but I think the other extras are mostly, uh, archive stuff. So anyway, Phantom of them all Eric's revenge from 1989 is another, uh, arrow video release. This is the slasher take on the old, uh, Phantom of the opera story. It's, uh, it's the same story, basically given a, a slasher movie take, uh, as was the, uh, the way that things went back in the late eighties. And so uh, there's two cuts of the film here and some other new extras, but arrow video has issued that. And, um, we have Dracula dead and loving it. It was the only of Mel Brooks films not to be available on Blu-ray, but now you can have the complete uh, Mel Brooks collection, (laughs) including this last film, which, uh, did not get good reviews. Uh, you know, in 1995, it's considered to be one of the weak, maybe the weakest of all of his films. Leslie Nielsen, of course, playing Dracula, and it's uh, a lot of the uh, people who have appeared in earlier Brooks films re- returning. I think Dom DeLuise may be there as well. can't remember. But anyway, uh, it's got a few new extras. It's part of the Shout Select line of titles. Um, no, I'm sorry. That's a Screen Factory release. Yes. Yeah, so. Anyway, and we have Night Gallery from uh, the original Season 1 of Night Gallery including the television film that has a segment directed by Steven Spielberg. It was his directorial debut. Uh, the first season has been issued, 1969 to 1971, by Kino. Uh, all the episodes remastered with new commentaries. And some of that's, those are good. That's Joan Crawford. That's right, uh, the one, yeah. I haven't yeah. seen mm-hmm.
0: that. I haven't seen that episode.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. The the, the best one in that film, the origi- it's an original pilot film, actually, that Spielberg directed the segment in. But the best segment is the first one with a Roddy McDowell. Uh, that's really creepy. I'll just say that, mm. uh, where he has Aussie Davis and Roddy McDowell and he, uh, he kills his uncle and, um, there are paintings on the wall of this nearby cemetery. And every time he looks after he kills his uncle, he looks at the paintings and he starts, uh, it, the paintings keep changing. And every time he looks at the painting, he sees like a, a corpse coming out of the grave. And then he sees it getting closer to the house. And it's, it's really, <laughs> it's pretty well done. Let's just say that. So, uh, yeah,
0: anything with Roddy McDowell. Yeah, good stuff. <clears throat> I've I've, I've so. been in his presence. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it because I went to a I was in high school and we went to uh, we were in the first first shot of that movie Shockma, Uh huh. That Roddy McDowell is in that movie, and then we were invited to Universal Studios to see them shoot something, and so I was standing outside the the stage, and Roddy McDowell pulls up in his BMW. And he gets out like very much with flair and like stands up and very dramatically like swishes his scarf across his shoulder. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, talking about LA pomposity earlier. It was, it was kind of classic. And, uh, I was like, yeah, there's a guy that, uh, still, still plays the movie star game. <laughs>
1: That's hilarious.
0: And then I remember right after that happened, Christopher Atkins like mm-hmm. walked out of the All restroom right, mm-hmm. and he was stopped by two girls wanting an autograph. Uh, and mm-hmm. these girls came out of nowhere. And, you know, in retrospect, it almost seemed like they were cued, like they were on standby <laughs> and cued mm-hmm. to approach him for autographs as he walked out. It was it's wow. kind of a weird stagey looking thing.
1: I was going to say, it sounds like a staged incident or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's odd, man. Weird stuff. Yeah, Roddy McGowell, I don't know if anybody knows that. You may know this story, but you know he was arrested uh, because back in the seventies, because you know he actually collected prints of films, thirty-five millimeter prints. He had his own screening room at his home, and back then it was illegal to, you know, before in the days before VHS and rentals and all the home video. Basically, uh, you couldn't have. The studios did not want people having. Their own personal copies of films, and he was was busted for uh, he was buying them from people who, you know, I guess had uh, worked at theaters and they had prints they were oh, trashy and they would okay. yeah so yeah because that
0: involved. was nothing new. I mean Evans had his screening yeah. room and of course Hefner
1: yeah but I think his uh, his connection turned him in or something and he uh, he got he got in trouble. I remember that it wow. made pages of Variety yeah so there's a uh, yeah, and, he, and he since then, every
0: time he put on a videotape and saw that FBI warning, he he would sweat.
1: <laughs> he may have. Yeah, it's interesting to think of how different things were back then. That the that the studios were so protective of people having like your own personal copy, you could watch it any time. Yeah, and now how things have changed, it's just it's kind of quaint. But uh, yeah, he had to pay some legal bills for that. It's it was. Uh, you can probably Google it and read read about the incident, the time that he was arrested for. For having 35 millimeter prints, it's it's an interesting scandalous. Yeah. Side note in his career, but yeah, uh, but he was a real movie fan, and you know he was a real cinephile as well as being an actor, and I think that's I think that's pretty cool actually. So anyway, uh, so the Woody Allen collection has been issued by this uh, new company. Uh, gosh, I'm not, I can't remember the, the name of the the label, but I didn't get a review copy of this, but it's, there's a new label, it's an upstart label. I can't remember what the name of the label is, but anyway, they basically licensed all the rights to the um, the Woody Allen films that were made in the um, – oh, from 1994 to 2003. And you've got Bullets Over Broadway, Mighty Aphrodite, Everyone Says I Love You, Celebrity, Small Time Crooks, and Curse of the Jade Scorpion, Hollywood <sighs> – uh, oh. Ending and anything else, yeah. <laughs> some of those are good, some not so much. So it's a mix. Celebrity's
0: bag. not really any great shakes either, but there, but no. there, but there are some great, uh, there actually great movies in there. That was a good period for him generally.
1: Yeah, I love uh, Love Bolts of Broadway and Everyone Says I Love You and uh, Mighty Aphrodite's pretty good. Those, those I can all get on board with for sure. So.
0: And I, I laugh a lot at Small Time Crooks. There's, some, me too, there's man. some funny stuff in that.
1: I agree. Yeah. They're definitely when, when is.
0: Hugh Grant is going to teach them culture.
1: <laughs> and and
0: Tracy Albit's listing all these things, I want to know art, I want to go to the museums, blah blah blah, that Woody Allen says, I just want to know how to spell Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: a good line. I'd forgotten that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, good stuff. So anyway, mixed bag, but you know, there's a couple of titles, but none of those have been issued on, on Blu ray in the past. So it's the first time for all those. So Anyway, wow. and of course, uh, you know... Can't Lear imagine Max, why not. I know. Can't <laughs> you know, I liked his uh, his latest film, Rifkin's Festival, you know, which uh, has not gotten any real distribution here. But I was able to see it earlier in the year, and I, I liked it a lot. I was surprised. Uh, You know, it was the one he shot right before the pandemic, and I uh, was totally, totally surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I did not had low expectations. The last couple of films he's done, I was ho-hum on, but yeah. I, I thought he was... Uh, on his 49th film as a filmmaker, I thought he was doing pretty good, and so uh, I actually nominated it for uh, Best Cinematography because I thought some of the, the black-and-white parodies of uh, classic films that are in that included in that film are, are really well shot and real, well staged, and so I, I gave it a nod for Best Cinematography when I was voting for the Southeastern Film Critics so I'm sure I'll be the only person who did. But anyway, mm. that's... Yeah, well, I think there's a double-edged sword because also most of those titles were Miramax titles. Mm. So Harvey Weinstein was, you know... Oh my God, uh, yeah. ...in charge. So there's a... You've got the Woody Allen thing and you got the Harvey Weinstein thing. so it's, I forgot uh, it's about uh, that, yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, it's not just one. It's two things. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, we have... Ooh, let's see. Moving right along. We're about to wrap things up here. are getting closer. Um... So we have The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. has oh, been, love uh, it. Love yeah, it. Yeah. That's been issued in 4K from Arrow. I think uh, I previously mentioned that on a previ- on an earlier show, but um, I think they changed the release date on that, so just want to let people know. And The Cat of Nine Tails also uh, has been issued in 4K by uh, Arrow. And um, so let's see. We're getting, like I said, right to the end. We have... Um, Let's oh, see, so just a few things. To Hell and Back, the uh, the biopic of uh, the exciting true-life story of Audie Murphy, America's most decorated hero. This was uh, from 1955, and Audie Murphy plays himself in the film. And it has uh, audio commentary by filmmaker-historian Steve Mitchell and uh, Combat Films American Realism author Stephen J. Rubin and the theatrical trailer and the new transfer. So To Hell and Back from Kino it's one of their titles. And then we have Freud... From uh, 1962, this is a biopic of uh, Sigmund Freud, which is one of the final films I think of. Montgomery Clift and mm. Suzanne York. Susanna York is in it. John Huston directed. Um, well, that would this... have been
0: Judgment at Nuremberg for Montgomery Clift, right? That w- Judgment at Nuremberg. What year was that?
1: Or, yeah, Freud came out 61. Yeah. This was a year after, I'm sorry, 62. This one's 62. So, yeah, Montgomery Cliff was in, yeah, yeah, Judgment of Nuremberg was 61. 61. Okay, around that same time. And this yeah. is 62. So, yeah, this is the next year. But this is a very well reviewed film. Uh, again, sorry I didn't get a chance to look at it, but uh, it was, um, they had high expectations for it when it came out. And I think it just kind of uh, failed miser- uh, spectacularly. It was. Uh, and it's never been issued on VHS or DVD or Blu ray until now. So wow. finally, home video for the first time. It was uh, released by Universal in 1962, but yeah, it's um, it's 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 well, it has a good reputation, and I look forward to visiting it actually. So, uh, uh Freud from director John Huston. Oh, Huston, uh, yeah. yeah, cute Kino release, and It's a Wonderful Life has been reissued again. Uh, yeah, this time with a uh ho- a holiday recipes from the it's a Wonderful Life official Bailey family cookbook as a bonus. <laughs> so <laughs> this is uh, yet another reissue of It's a Wonderful Life from Paramount. But, you know, if you don't have it yet, this is the 75th anniversary edition. So. Does it look good? Oh, yeah. Well, I've got I got the – this is just the Blu-ray, actually, that they're putting out. I got the 4K last year, so that's the way I would go, pre- preferably. Okay. Uh, it looks great. The 4K is fantastic. So once you've seen the 4K, you don't want to go back to the Blu-ray. But if you don't have it in high def, I would recommend getting this. Uh, it's worth it. It's a nice little set. And um, let's see, just a few other things. Get, getting real close. Um, let's see. Um, ooh. Summer of Fear from 1978 is a Wes Craven television film that starred Linda Blair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not seeing who issued this, but anyway, it has been issued. And there's a box set of the, uh, I think this is a Vinegar Syndrome or maybe, a, I think the films of Rudy Ray Moore box set includes uh, all the all the ones you would expect from 1975 to 1979. And a couple more Vinegar Syndrome titles are Don't Answer the Phone from 1980 and Graduation Day from 19. 19- 81. And so I think let's see oh there's just a few more there's a few a few other things Shang-Chi uh the latest one of the latest Marvel films not the latest I guess that would be uh Eternals but this was the one before that uh it has been issued by Disney in 4K and Blu-ray and uh the well-reviewed horror film Saint Maud from 2019 uh has been issued in Blu-ray I saw it didn't care for it personally but uh, a lot of people did like it. Uh, Party Girl from 1958 is a Warner Archive release. And this uh, stars um, um, Robert Taylor and Sid Charisse. So um, let's see. The I Dream of Jeannie uh, Complete Series has been issued in uh, Blu-ray. Well, that's, um, so that's a Mill Creek release. Jet Pilot from 1957 is a you Kino release. And that's uh, produced by Howard Hughes and starring John Wayne, and Slow Dancing in the Big City. I think we talked about this one off the air. Uh, This was the 1978, uh, this was John G. Abelson's follow-up to Rocky, believe it or not. Yeah. And it uh, kind of failed spectacularly when it came out. Uh, I know Siskel Niebuhr gave it two thumbs up. They liked it. And I didn't get a review copy of it, but I have ordered one because I've always wanted to see this film. And uh, since I'm an old softy at heart and I'm a sentimentalist, I th- I have a feeling I'm probably going to enjoy it because I hear it's uh, one of those tragic romances. Mm. And so it's probably going to it's going to be up uh, my cup of tea. I would I would assume I'll be surprised if I don't if I don't like it. And the extra features on it, it includes an interview with Bill Conti, who did the score. So uh, there you go. And then we have Cyclone from 1987, uh, Heather Thomas in that. That's been issued. And a couple of uh, reissues Heather of The Thomas. End... I know, right? <laughs> what what happened to her? And a couple other reissues we have that I'll just mention. These are the last two titles. The Man in the Moon from 1991, previously available in Twilight Time, uh, has been reissued. It was out of print. Uh, love that movie. The final film from director Robert Mulligan starring Reese Witherspoon. And uh, Baby Boom from 1987 uh, with Diane Keaton. And so uh there we go. That's uh I think that covers November. Okay. Seize upon the moment long ago. One breath away and there you will be. So young and carefree Again you will see That place in time
0: So gold
1: Still Away into that way back when You thought that all would last forever
0: like the weather, nothing can ever, and be in time,
1: stay gold. But can it be, when we can see, so vividly, a
0: Yet filled with sorrow